0: It's called natural capital, and the transportation industry is doing its part to spend it down. Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Managing Editor of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. Natural capital its just another term for the resources on which we depend for life on Earth. Air, water, flora, and fauna. A new report from the insurance giant Allianz Global Corporate and Specialty set out to measure the amount at which our natural capital is being depleted by activities related to the global transportation industry. The results aren't pretty. Transportation-related carbon emissions have risen by 250% since 1970 and now account for 23% of total global emissions. Today I'm speaking with Chris Bonnet, Environmental, Social and Governance Manager with Allianz. He'll tell us about the findings of the report, where the biggest damage is being done, which types of transportation are responsible? What are the consequences of this failure to manage our natural resources, both for people and for business, and what we ought to be doing about it? It's a state of affairs, he says, that has led us to a state of critical risk. So here is my conversation with Chris Bonnet. Chris Bonnet, welcome to the program. Thank you. For purposes of this discussion and this report that we will be discussing today, would you please define for me the term natural capital?
1: Sure, Bob. Natural capital is basically everything that we use and also businesses use and it's typically for free right it's it's offered by nature it can be biodiversity it can be clean water it can be clean air and so natural capital is is basically an input to our production models therefore we can call it a capital offered by nature so that's why the term natural capital is used and why we also used it in the context of this report
0: Okay, we are discussing this new report, Measuring and Managing Environmental Exposure, a Business Sector Analysis of Natural Capital Risk. Is this the first such report uh, that Allianz has conducted, or is it another in a series?
1: I would say it's the first study we've done in Allianz on this topic. And as far as I'm aware, in the insurance industry, uh, we're the first one also talking about this, so natural capital risk. At the same time, I also have to say... Natural capital risk as such has popped up here and there in research and discussions, but I think it's also, as far as I'm aware, one of the first reports where the concept is really elaborated on and it's a bit of a deep dive, um, so to say, on natural capital risk.
0: And what were the sources of the data that you incorporated into the report?
1: So the sources we used were twofold. There was a big data analysis that we did together with MSCI that what was really about companies, so what companies are doing in the 12 sectors that we are analysing. At the same time there has also been a kind of desktop research element to it where we on the one side looked at, let's say, reports that have been published in the same on the academic side, and at the same time, we also did a bit of qualitative research on certain companies, but of course that was limited because of resource constraints. So we couldn't cover a very large, like the same large universe that we could cover for the big data analysis.
0: Total of twenty five hundred companies, I understand, across twelve industries. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. So a number of those industries, I guess, perhaps a few of them ranked as highest in risk exposure. One of them was transportation, which is what I want to talk to you today. But I, I but I also want to ask you, how do you measure just in a broad term? that a particular industry is particularly high in risk exposure? What are the criteria that go into making that determination?
1: So what we did is we defined seven criteria that would measure and be a metric of the impact and dependency sector and the companies within the sector have on natural capital. So impact on natural capital or dependency on natural capital. And these seven areas are so water dependency, impact on water, CO2 emissions or greenhouse gas emissions, non-greenhouse gas emissions, dependency on biodiversity, impact on biodiversity, and impact uh, through waste, waste generation. So that has been the seven key aspects we've focused on. This was the operationalization of the concept of natural capital risks. And when you put metrics behind these seven aspects, and again, we did a big data analysis and we did a qualitative review amending that desktop review, that was what we could use to inform ourselves in how far a sector was exposed, but also in how far they mitigated already these risks. So that's the kind of operationalization of the concept.
0: And when you identify the transportation industry, what are you talking about? What does that incorporate exactly?
1: It incorporates, let's say, all types of land, uh, sea, and air transportation. So we're talking about airlines here. We're talking about shipping companies. Talking about transport companies, uh, inland, uh, let's say inland transportation, the scope was kind of the whole transportation sector across all modes of transport. And also on land, there is, for example, also, of course, if there's dedicated, for example, transport, that's also in there.
0: So you're referring to transportation of both people and goods. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. I take it that you didn't break that out, those two aspects. You didn't have one report that looks at commercial freight transportation versus passenger and people.
1: That's correct, Bob. Yeah, right. we didn't split that, that up. To be honest, also in other sectors, you see that there's a high variety of companies in there. Because, for example, if you look at food and beverage sector, there's a, a huge difference. If you have a brewery on the one hand and on the other hand, you have, a, for example, um, a meat producer, right? It's within the same sector, but it's just very different profiles, also when it comes to NCRs. But that's just a limitation we have to deal with at the moment with this, with these sectors. What they're meant to do is raise awareness with companies, start a discussion, and reflect on these risks and get a better understanding.
0: Well, this is a dramatic statement that you make. The transportation-related carbon emissions have increased by 250 percent since 1970, and now, presently, they account for 23% of all global emissions. It's got to be a difficult task coming up with a number at all, because I'm sure that many of these transportation companies don't have numbers at their own fingertips. They could report to you on their own carbon emissions, so you're going to have to get that from somewhere, whether it's an environmental group, whether it's a government group, whether it's an NGO, so I'm just curious as to how you even get those numbers in the first place that measure the emissions of transportation industry participants
1: so what we did when we looked at these impacts we took again data points as proxies and then we saw we, we had a look in how far these these kind of for example if you take co2 emissions in the transport sector we had a look in how far these were material to the business now they are material to a lot of these uh, to large parts of the sector and then we had a look in how far the sector already mitigates this risk so that was mm-hmm. one aspect and the number you're referring to, I think something that is coming from a report and just to illustrate.
0: Again, you didn't make a distinction between people and freight, but were you able to break down by mode at all? Do you, are you able to give us an understanding of which types of transportation are contributing the most amount of carbon emissions to the environment, whether that's air, whether that's train, truck, car, barge, ship, whatever?
1: No, we made overall sector profiles. We didn't do subsector profiles.
0: So you come up with a conclusion that's, again, very dramatic, and I'm, I'm trying to understand how companies can respond to this. Do you provide us with any steps or ideas, or can you provide us with steps or ideas as to ways in which the transportation industry can begin to mitigate its impact, its very severe impact on the environment, as revealed in your report?
1: As we outline mitigation measures, there's kind of three layers of mitigation that you can take. The first layer is technical. The second layer is, as I call it, the always call it the management layer. The third layer is strategic layer. Right. Let's say if you have CO two emissions, the first step you could take is taking technical measures. You can try to avoid technically CO two emissions. That's a possible mitigation. Um, possible mitigation. Now, to be, let's say, really. Pragmatic, you could say, for example, for the transport sector, if you have a truck running on regular fuel, there is more CO2 emissions than if you use an electric battery, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's one example. If you talk about management, for example, you could, let's say, with a truck company, you could say, if we just plan our routes differently, right, and we try to have as little empty trucks as possible. And, of course, when it comes to the very strategic level, and that's the highest level, the most difficult one, and um, that sometimes also can mean that you say, well, we really have to rethink our whole kind of business model and how we generate our value. And just to give you again an example, it could be if you, if you think, for example, there's a discussion here in Germany and about all the diesel trucks going into the cities and especially mail order, for example. Right. And then the idea is no longer to have trucks driving around in the cities and distributing but much more that they deliver the parcels to a certain point and then get it from there so so the whole model of it's not about you know driving around anymore but basically getting your parcel and getting your delivery from a central point which apparently saves a lot of emissions in the cities
0: in order for someone to get to that central point and pick up the item that's been placed there, that probably is going to involve some aspect of transportation as well, whether it's an individual's car or any kind of other service. So there's always going to be some transportation-related energy involved in getting that particular order to its final destination.
1: There's, of course, CO2-intensive modes of transportation and not-so-intensive Let's say not so CO2-intensive modes of transportation. So that's, of course, something we can distinguish. For example, if I then take whatever light rail to go to the central point and pick it up, then there is real, let's say, saving in the CO2 balance. Of course, if I take my car, it might even be higher. So, again, the strategic level is the most difficult one for companies. Even for whole sectors is the most challenging because it means revising the kind of business model. But just to give you an example from another sector, at a certain point, For example, the oil and gas industry, and that's related, they said, oh, it's maybe not about extracting oil and gas anymore. It was the years when BP called themselves Beyond Petroleum and no longer British Petroleum, right? But it was this idea that actually the value add was energy. It wasn't necessarily oil and gas. But just as an example, then you really rethink your model. And for the transportation sector, it's actually to deliver something to someone. But how this is done in the end, and maybe that's what you have to rethink then. But again, with management and technical measures, you can often already reach a lot and gain a
0: lot. Well, those are some steps that transportation providers can take. What about the users of transportation, the shippers themselves? They, of course, are responsible to a great degree for determining how, how things get to them. Do you have advice for an, what an aware shipper can do in order to convince its transportation providers to adopt uh, suitable measures here?
1: That's a real common dilemma that you describe in that sense, that sometimes the kind of action has to be taken at a level, or the action has to be taken, that some investment has to be taken at a level that actually doesn't profit from this kind of measure, right? It's the, for example, if you have a, if a landlord and the landlord says, well, I don't care how the house is powered, right, so I don't install a solar panel. And actually the one living in the apartment wouldn't mind, but doesn't have the authority to put it on the roof. So that's this kind of dilemma that, that exists when decisions. And impact is at different levels. Your shipper's question goes in that direction. And I think the only thing that helps here is to set the incentives right. Maybe it's then about you need to a kind of incentive model to incentivize the layer that actually benefits to also be able to take the decision and make that call. It's very difficult, certainly difficult. But what often helps is, of course, also if the government steps in and sets the kind of rules and um, changes maybe the rules and for example when it comes to a shipper and there is certain let's say regulation about how much emissions a ship can, can emit and that actually affects the shipper then it becomes a kind of discussion i cannot do my job properly if you don't help me for example being up to date when it comes to this impact certainly difficult but there are steps you can take
0: well, it can also be confusing because you cannot separate transportation from production when you're talking about overall impact on carbon emissions and sustainability. In fact, let's take, for instance, in the food and beverage sector, companies there that are attempting to measure their total carbon footprint typically, as I understand it, include transportation in that calculation. And But it here, I guess you've broken it out. But when you talk about the food and beverage sector's own impact, isn't transportation part of that as well? And is there some overlap that makes it kind of hard to assess, like, where that ca- what category that fits into?
1: Yeah, I think that's a very good point you raise in that sense that we looked at the own production of the sector, so to say, the own operations, and we looked at the supply chains. We didn't mm-hmm. include the use phase of a, of a product, so to say, right, of, of clothes or a car. But of course, the supply chain consists of transportation and very hard to separate also with the data that's currently available to kind of take that out so you will certainly see it back in the supply chains for, for us it was not about carbon accounting right it was to see where these kind of risks occur at the moment it's very difficult to kind of separate that anyhow but in that sense of course there is the kind of transportation risk within the sectors with extensive supply chains and of course it is also with, 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 the, with the transport sector in that sense absolutely correct yeah
0: You know, the best reports and surveys, of which this definitely would fall into that category, are of no use whatsoever if they cannot be translated into some kind of specific action plan. So I'm wondering where we go forward from here with the conclusions of your report. Have you had responses from industry, from transportation providers and shippers? Do you expect to? Do you want to reach out to them? How can your findings be translated into action?
1: That's a very good question. So what we are planning also this year is to talk to business and um, really attend conferences and speak to people, speak to sectors affected. That was just to highlight, 12 of them. But of course, all sectors struggle with some kind of risk profile. That's something we try to do and also try to understand better where different companies stand because, again, the variation between companies within these sectors can be very large. That's something you have to really keep in mind. So there's no one-size-fits-all solution. So it really boils down to a discussion with individual companies on how their risk profile looks like and what can be done specifically to mitigate these risks. That's something we certainly would subscribe to and we are planning to take some action also this year.
0: Well, the report, once again, is called Measuring and Managing Environmental Exposure, a Business Sector Analysis of Natural Capital Risk from Allianz Global corporate, and I think in England you would say speciality or specialty. We will link to that report in the show notes to this episode and hope to connect up with you at a later date to see if, again if this proceeds with some kind of action and we can see some measurable results as a result of these uh, very dramatic conclusions. But in the meantime, Chris Bonnet, I want to thank you so much for being with us to explain the content of the report and give us a suggestion as to where we might go forward with it. Thank you very much for being with us. Thanks, Paul. That was my conversation with Chris Bonnet of Alliance, talking about the impact of the transportation sector on our natural resources. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain.